Welcome back to Fumble Puck, everyone. This is your weekend one-timer being recorded a day late because we wanted to make sure we caught Cole Caulfield's debut. You're here with Ashley and Noah. Ashley, what's going on? Well, I just finished watching Cole Caulfield's debut, and oh boy, was it wonderful. My boy scored twice. He had an assist. He had the game-winning goal. He won the Hobie Baker. I mean, well, that's not a good day. What is, right? Oh, beautiful. Mwah, beautiful. The best thing I saw on Twitter, just to to have a little bit of fun at people's expense, uh, I don't remember who it was, my apologies, but they posted on Twitter, Cole Caulfield has three points in his debut, just like Louis LeBlanc. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) What I keep seeing is people comparing Cole Caulfield to Ryan Paling, and I'm like, okay, but one's a scorer, one's not. It never was. That's a weird comparison. There's nothing similar about their games. I think it's because Paling also had like three goals in the overtime winner or whatever, or shootout. Uh, yeah, it was a shootout goal. Yeah, he had, he had a hat trick plus the, yeah. the uh, shootout goal, right? Yeah, so everyone's saying that's like what, pa- what Caulfield reminds him of. And I'm like, not even close. Caulfield is literally like he's a sniper. If you actually go on Google and type in Cole Caulfield, it says American sniper underneath. <laughs> also, uh, different leagues because Paling debuted in the NHL. Caulfield is debuting in the AHL. So that, that's a dumb comparison. I don't like that. Me neither. I wasn't a fan of it. So, um, so I had to. Uh, I have a funny story to to yes. tell you. So I had to go to the LCBO uh, yesterday to pick up alcohol. So I I have a friend who's staying home for two weeks because he's uh, he he came into contact with someone, so he wants to be safe. So he's t- taking some time off work. Okay. Okay. So he was like, I don't want to leave my house. Obviously, can you pick me up some booze? And I was like, Of course, absolutely. I can pick up your groceries. I can pick up your booze. Anything you need, I got your back. You know, like no problem. I'll leave them on your doorstep, and we're good to go. So he gave me his shopping list. Uh, for the LCBO and I went there and because he was quarantining for two weeks and was bored, like he, he knows he's going to be bored. He um, he has a pretty big list. So I'm buying everything. And I realized my shopping cart at Loblaws, at, not at the Loblaws, sorry, at, at the LCBO is like overflowing. <laughs> it's a really full cart. And I keep getting these looks from everybody. And I'm like, I swear to God, I'm not having a party. <laughs> like, please judge me. And the amount of looks I got, it was hilarious. It was it was quite something. It was a good little laugh in my day. So if anybody saw a guy stopping up on alcohol yesterday in Ottawa, it was Noah, but it wasn't. I was the guy. <laughs> that's very funny. I actually, I'm doing paint pouring. So that's like my new hobby uh-huh. and hopefully eventual profession. And I have to keep going to Dollarama to buy like cups because you have to mix it in cups. So I keep buying like 75 party packs of cups, but I buy like four or five of them at a time. So I look like I'm throwing a party also. People keep giving me such dirty looks. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's for paint pouring. I promise. And I'm buying like stir sticks. And they Are they like me- red solo cups, like beer yeah. pong cups? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They totally <laughs> think I'm having a massive party when I'm really just doing paint pouring in my garage. Like, Oh, my God. That's awesome. I get the looks all the time. And I'm just like, no, I promise. It's not a party. I always apologize. I said the cashier who I think knows me by now, but yeah, well, it's bad. (laughs) Very bad. All right. So we we got a couple of things to talk about. Not a, not a big weekend one timer, but we'll set up for a couple of things. We're going to talk a little bit about the rocket. We're going to talk a little bit about LTIR and what that means with Brendan Gallagher's injury. Uh, Trade season has started. Some uh, players have started uh, going on the move and uh, we're going to start off by talking about our games we've played this week, which haven't been wonderful. We started Monday with the Eric Stahl debut. Ashley, do you want to take us through what you, what you, what you saw this week? I don't think you really want me to. Is this going to be oh, a lot of I, 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 I live for your opinions. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. It's going to be very um, a lot of profanity. But okay, I'll try to tame it down a bit for your mom and my mom and my dad and your dad. <laughs> 
and whoever else is listening. So the Eric Stahl overtime winner against Edmonton, could we have scripted that better? Like, is it actually possible? What do you think? No, it was awesome. It was perfect. And Eric Stahl's got that like Shea Weber level seriousness on his face. Usually Uh, when his face lit up when he scored, I thought it was awesome. It was a really good moment. It was. It was probably the only heartwarming moment of the week until tonight. So I will take it. I'm really happy that he did do that. I thought it was a great intro to the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, and he we had to have a Buffalo guy score for us in overtime. Think about that for a second. (laughs) Is Eric Stahl really a Buffalo guy? Does that count? Well, he was there. For like 10 minutes. Thankfully for him, right? <laughs> yeah, I, he, he's, a, he's like a Minnesota player to me now, and he was a Carolina Hurricane. Like, I don't even think about his time in New York. For me, that's like no, you know. I think of him as Carolina Hurricanes. I really do. I think Yeah, I, I love Eric Stahl as a Hurricane. Oh, I, I love it. Well, you must love him as a Hab, although he was pretty bad in the next two games. But anyways, so that game was great. I like that we we won. That was nice, like winning. Who knew? And then against the Leafs, I liked their effort in the third. I don't really know. Okay, so I know they're missing Nylander. I know they're missing Anderson. But we're also missing Sherratt, Gallagher, and Price. So if you want the goalies against each other out, that's fine. And Allen's been solid, and I don't really fault him for the two losses. Gallagher, I really – Nylander and Gallagher aren't really the same because they're different players. And Sherratt is our top pairing defense, whether we like it or not. So – I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, Toronto's so much better than us, including you, if I remember correctly. Didn't you tell me that? That Toronto's better than us? Yes. They are. Okay. Debatable when we don't have our full lineup and they don't have their full lineup. Just saying <laughs> that. Just saying that. Just saying. However, we don't have their their scoring power. I completely agree with you. I have a lot of, like, I have a lot of emotional challenges when it comes to talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs because, like, so here's the thing. Like, they have, they tanked properly. You know, they rebuilt, they did the rebuild properly. They have that elite talent, that first overall pick. They have great drafting in the top of their roster, right? Like, all that's done really well. And I look at that and I say, ooh, I want that for our team. But what I, I need to remind myself of is that the, the, 20 years of absolute futility that they went through to get there. I don't think that'd be worth it for me as a fan. Like they, there was no reason to watch that team from what? 2002 to 2017, probably. So that's like 15 years of absolute garbage with some pretty bad years before that also. Right. Right. When I really look at it, like I want to go through a 15 year rebuild to get a, a chance to sniff the cup. I, I don't know. I don't think I have the stomach for it. Well, I also want to say, Mr. I hate tanking. I don't believe in tanking. They tanked to get Matthews and it pisses me off. And I will forever be pissed off about that because it's cheating. They purposely lost to get him. You don't do that. I'm sorry. You yeah, don't. I don't believe in tanking at all. And that's like, again, like that makes it even more frustrating for me with them, right? Like they, they're, they're, it's just bad. It's a bad culture. It's, a, I don't know. I'm, I'm annoyed that they're that good at hockey now. Like I'm really annoyed at it. And they intimidate me as a hockey club. They're a really good team. I don't like them. And sorry, I'm not sick, by the way, for anybody listening who heard me sneeze. I have, I don't have COVID. I have allergies, which <laughs> you'll hear for the next like six months is me just sneezing and my throat sounding weird and it's allergies i promise i have a post nasal drip it's lovely anyway the, sorry, only, to- uh, the only thing i will challenge you on just a tiny little bit not to argue but just a tiny little bit was when you said that nylander and gallagher are totally different players i would actually say that their play style is very very similar a lot more than we think nylander gets a really bad reputation and i think part of it's because he's not canadian 
you know, like he's Swedish, so the media likes to rag on him because they're subtly racist. But, uh, you know, the only thing, like, he doesn't crash the crease the way Gallagher does, but he scores his goals from in front of the net like Gallagher does. You know, he's a shooter just like Gallagher is. He's a little bit bigger, obviously, but they play a very similar game. Nylander actually led the league in goals last year uh, from the crease. So he gets a lot of flack with people saying, oh, he's a perimeter player. He flows to the outside. He's the complete opposite of that. He plays in front of the net hard. Okay, FYI, he was born in Calgary and he was raised in the U.S. So he was 14. So he's not really yeah. Swedish. I mean, he is, but he's not. Well, that's that's just reinforces the point, right? The media yeah. has a problem with European players. You know, like they don't even yeah. get to know but, the person. But I don't think they're the same player in the sense that Gallagher's like this is going to sound like a horrible take here, but Gallagher's like a garbage man going to work in front of the net just going for the dirty, like the dirty areas, just to get the pucks in the net. And Nylander, Nylander, I keep saying Nylander. Nylander is not. He's like more of a finesse player. That's what I meant by that. Yeah, but Nylander does go to the net is what I was saying. We don't give him credit right. for it, but he is the player, the number one player in the league at going to the net for goals. And so well, Gallagher brings the intangibles and the character and stuff, but uh, but Nylander, and that's the thing, Nylander doesn't have the effort that Gallagher does. But, but uh, their, their the play style is actually remarkably similar. Okay, fine. But he's not he's not the heart of their team is what he I He's like, not the heart of their team at all. That's what I'm saying is he's not Gallagher. Like no one on our team is Gallagher. Corey Perry's kind of like a dirty Gallagher if you really want. Yeah. But I'm I'm over talking about Toronto. Let's talk about Winnipeg. <laughs> God, I don't want to talk about them either. Oh my god. Um go away, Winnipeg. Just go. They're gonna away. they're gonna do something at the trade deadline, I think. Like I, I have a feeling they're gonna try to load up and, and go for it. Because they look good. They have an amazing forward core, an amazing goalie. Yeah. They just need some defense to go for it, right? Well, B- Bolia's out now, too. He's out for the rest of the season. Oh, Nate Bolia. I miss yeah, you. I don't. But I do wonder <laughs> who they're going to go after. Probably, like, Dunn or someone like that. Or, like, I don't know. But it's just – it's crazy. It's it, – the whole thing, honestly, we played – again, we keep going down a goal within the first minutes. Like, what is this crap? Ugh. Yeah, this this the, the, these games felt like the Toronto and Winnipeg game felt like one of those scenarios when we fall behind and the, we lose hope right away. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was very upsetting. It, honestly, it was really, really, really upsetting. I did not enjoy these games, and I'm not looking forward to tomorrow night. I actually was looking forward to the Rocket game the most this entire game. Yeah, isn't that crazy? You mentioned that. What does it feel like being more excited for the AHL game than the NHL game? <laughs> well, if Cole was playing for the NHL, I'd be really excited for that too, but he's not. So you know what? It's just the fact that, I mean, again, I'm, I'm a big Gallagher fan. I, I remember crying when he got back sent back to junior that year. I was very upset about it. <laughs> I have not been so excited for a prospect since Gallagher. So the fact that Cole's playing, it's just, it's exciting. He's fresh. He scores. We need scoring. I've been saying this for years. We need that elite talent. And if Cole Caulfield is even a tenth of the elite talent that we need, I am so down for it. Like, we need that. I crave it. We crave it. Look, we're, we're going to, you want to talk about Drew for Hull? I mean, would you not do it? I mean, Hull sucks this year, I'm or admitting to that. However, so does Drew and I'm sorry to all the Giraffe supporters out there. He has his highest goal total with us is 18. He was supposed to come in and be a, a goal scoring machine and be our savior. And he's not. And if we can get Hall for him, we free up cap space for, for the next two years that's left on his contract, which he has a no movement clause on or a no trade clause. One of the two. 
I think it's a or a limited trade clause. Sorry, he is that for the next two years, starting next year, and we free up space, which means maybe we can actually afford to keep your favorite player, Dano. Honestly, we get Taylor Hall for a run, call it a day, and he doesn't, he won't resign here, and we have five million dollars we can go spend. No, it's interesting. There's a lot to it. I um, I I don't know. It, I don't know whether or not Drouin is a sniper or a playmaker. Like he gets branded as a sniper often, often as someone who should be scoring goals. I just don't see that in his game. Like I see him as more of a passer, right? Yeah, but that's the problem. Well, he also admitted his wrist is still not healed properly. But what's interesting is I was listening to TSN 690 the other day. Hey, Tony and people. And it was Tony Knuckles and Sean Campbell who were talking about what is, who's the easiest player on the team to play with and who's the hardest player on the team to play with? And all three of them said Drew Ann for the hardest player because he keeps, he's like a chameleon, but not in a good way. He kind of morphs who he's playing with, like his talent, depending on who he's playing with. And that's really hard to play with because like, first of all, him and Suzuki right now have zero chemistry. Him and Eric Stahl right now have zero chemistry. Him and Kakudem right now have zero chemistry. He doesn't get a, plas- a chance to play with Deneau because it's Tatar or, and Gallagher or whoever's replacing Gallagher for the moment. But, like, he has no chemistry with anybody ever. It's it's a problem, no? Yeah, I, I think, like, I don't think we're trading Deneau, but I think depending on what happens as we go into this offseason, like, if we, if we get thumped in the first round of the playoffs, I believe there's going to be a lot of change to this team, right? So... Uh, knock on wood, hopefully we're just drafting 32nd overall there. But uh, <laughs> I, it's hard to see Drouin being the difference maker on a cup roster team. Yeah, I agree. And and again, I actually really wanted Jonathan Toy when they were drafting him. I really, like when Tampa drafted him, I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. He's going to be so good. I really, I was a huge fan of his. So it upsets me that he's just not excelling and being, again, I think he came with, I think maybe he can't perform with so much pressure, which a lot of people can't. And I understand that. Like Cole Caulfield, I feels like the exact opposite. Exactly. Yeah, again, he totally fumbled him, right? Like his he, he had a rough development from Tampa with his holdout, and then when yep. he came here, when he was put at center, that was just a, a garbage move by Bergevin. You know, oh, like sure. it just wasn't smart, right? So we're paying yeah. the price for that now. Absolutely. And I and again, and then you watch what's interesting though is you watch Kakaniemi, who's been playing center and got pushed to wing, and he's been fabulous on wing the last couple games. He's yeah, but Kakaniemi's been a right wing for most of his career, so like to yeah, him, it's not new. Like that's his that's his actually natural spot so right but so is joy he's he was in the center and they pushed him to center and he wouldn't do very well and then the same thing that happened with kk you know yeah so kk is part of his development he's he was struggling to play center right like they talk about yeah. being fatigued right but he's learning well like it's, it's going okay thankfully you know like yeah Drew played player. a couple of years at wing and then got popped to center on a new team in a new city as a kid from Santa Gath, you know, like there's a lot to that. So, so yeah, I feel like we didn't do him any favors, but yeah, I guess at this point in time, we're wondering if he's going to be a part of the future. Right. Well, I think it's an issue. What would you do with Jonathan Drew? I'm the wrong person to ask because I was, I would trade anybody on our team. I wouldn't care if it was the right deal. So I I have no, I I would not trade Cole Coffin. He's the only person who's untouchable for me. And he's not on our team. That's why I didn't uh, mention him. But uh, when, if, and when he gets called up, we need, we need to see that. uh, We need to see that experiment through right all the way through i said the same thing yesterday i was like i trade anybody right now except cole caulfield anybody else you can have them <laughs> and trades are trades are heating up now right like toronto just yep. acquired riley nash today new jersey sent uh Zajac and palmieri to the islanders uh, did you see tom fitzgerald's uh quote about that no 
they interviewed him about like, how do you feel about the trade? And he's like, I really hope the first round pick I get ends up being 32nd overall. What the heck is that when the GM wishes another team to win the Stanley Cup? That's <laughs> just so weird. <laughs> uh, it was really weird. Yeah, that was not good gamesmanship from Tom Fitzgerald. I can imagine Zajac going back to New Jersey afterwards, right? Paul Mary, we'll see where he goes. I was surprised he left. He's been there forever. Yeah, he vetoed a trade last year was what I heard. I think uh, it was Chris Johnson was talking about that, I believe. I think it was Chris oh, yeah. Johnson. Yeah. He's only ever played for the Devils, so it's like super weird. Yeah, so it's kind of like the Andy Green bit, right? Yeah, super, but super But the Islanders are looking good. Like my, my hot take for the week uh, was going to be, I'll say it now in that case, the Islanders are a cup contender. They look great. They always are. They're so far. Again, you know how much I love Matthew Barzell. You know how much I want him on our team. I'm like, oh, great player. And you kept telling me he's not the difference maker. He is a difference maker. He's so yeah, good. I don't know. I'm not sold on him yet. Like he's good. Don't get me wrong. But like. I don't know. I'd also, by the way, love to pray Eichel out of New Jersey. Uh, Eichel out of Buffalo. Wrong team. Oh, yeah. I would trade the moon for Jack Eichel. That's kind of like my hope is that Bergevin is going to do that. I'm hoping that Eichel really wants to like get out of New Jersey and request a trade. And he was a Habs fan. So, like, let's do that. Please. Yeah, he, he would play for Montreal. Absolutely. He, he was a Habs fan, a huge Habs fan, right? So, like, that would that, make sense. Oh, I would love it. That That's like my – that's my false hope. That's never going to happen. <laughs> hmm. So you asked me to explain briefly what LTIR is, how it works compared to regular IR. Is that correct? Yeah, because I don't understand. So apparently we get all of the $3 million cap hit from Gallagher. I don't understand how, considering most of the season's been played. So shouldn't we only get like three quarters or whatever's left of the season's IR? I don't understand it. So the way it works is this, is that uh, you have our, your salary cap limit is like $81.5 million, right? For every dollar above the cap hit that the injured player's salary cap takes you, you if when you put them on LTIR, you get to keep that cap space. So let's say Gallagher's cap put us two mil, like so. Let's say we acquire another player to fill Gallagher's spot, then that puts us two million dollars over the cap, and Gallagher's contract's three point two five or whatever it is. Right, we would get two million dollars of cap space. So because that's the amount that's over the eighty one point five million. So what you want to do is you want to build your roster and call players up to get as close to that eighty one point five million as you can. Because you want the whole value of Gallagher's contract over it. You want the three point, I think it's 3.75, I think it is, right? Or whatever it is. It you is want that amount over the cap because then you get that entire cap space that you get almost $4 million to play with. So that's like you'd call up Jake Evans also, put him on the roster, anything you can to get yourself right to that spot. But the important thing is there's no way that they would put Gallagher on LTIR if they weren't planning on making a move. So a trade is coming. Who knows about that? But so why? Okay, so then here's my other question. Ben Sherratt, not on LTIR, because he's coming back apparently before the playoffs. However, but I thought you only had to be out for like nine games or 10 games in like three weeks or something. So why aren't we putting him on if he's not coming back? He's going to have missed like six weeks. So why didn't we take advantage of that? That's what I don't get. Because when he comes back, you have to be cap compliant. So if he came back before the end of the season, we would have to trade a player away or drop a player, wave someone in order to fit his cap space back in. Oh, because the whole cap space comes back in, not just Yeah, because at the end of the season in the playoffs, there is no cap uh, hit, right? There's no salary cap in the playoffs. So if he's out until the playoffs, you can put him right back on your roster. It doesn't matter the cap hit. 
Okay, which is why we have the black aces uh, that can play and whatever. Because exactly, and that's so that's why Tampa loaded up their loss their roster this year without Nikita Kucherov because they know that when the playoff comes, they can add him back on and they won't have to lose a body for it. It's basically a free roster piece, right? So wouldn't it be smarter then to? put Ben Chirot on LTIR, get a defenseman, and just keep Chirot off the ice until playoffs? That would not be allowed. Uh, that's like... He, he's like, doing it? Well, so you can make the argument that they're bullshitting it, right? And I'm not certain of that. Like, I, I, it feels like it. You know, it definitely feels like it. But there, you have to have some kind of doctor's note uh, confirming it, right? So... Well, Sherratt had surgery. Maybe he's not right, re- or whatever he had. He had surgery. Maybe he's not actually ready to come back to the playoffs. And then I'm assuming it's retroactive, so they could put him. Like if we hear today or tomorrow or Monday that he's on LTIR, we assume it's legit, and it means that he's having health problems. And then we have like seven million dollars to play with. Yeah, correct? But there's also the yeah, correct, but there's also the player part. Ben Sherratt wants to play, right? I, I'm saying if he's legit hurt. I'm not saying just to keep yeah. And so I think I think the reason why they didn't do it is because they understand he's not legit hurt he will be fine he will be back before the end of the year you know okay so, so now with this cap space that we're doing yeah. we need to figure out from mark bergevin which we won't figure out because he's impossible to read but do we get another forward to replace gallagher or do we get a defenseman right right okay so how much cap space so if i'm, I'm on cap friendly thank you very much for that website right now and it says deadline cap space 1.617022 that's not taking into account gallagher's 3.75 then so you would see on cap friendly um the deadline cap hit which is would be the actual so the deadline cap space right now is 1.6 million or whatever it is yeah that's how much we'll have available at the deadline and that includes uh, like that's with gallagher's ltir being taken off basically so that's not enough money to really do anything. One point six million. What can you? No, get? No, so, no, no. So that's a that's a daily cap hit, right? So you have Gallagher's full three point seven five cap hit. The deadline cap space. You have that much money to acquire. So there's like, if, if you have like, so Taylor Hall's an eight million dollar player. By the trade deadline, he's only going to be owed you know three million dollars. So you only have to have that much cap space. Right. Okay. That that I understand. Sorry for this if this is boring anybody who's listening, but I really get confused with this stuff. Math apparently is not my forte. Okay, so if they were to keep 50% of his salary, then it's 1.5 and therefore we can fit him in no problem. Yes. Now there are other like weird bits to LTAR that I'm not smart enough to to talk about. Like the Toronto Maple Leafs are the the role role model in the NHL for for doing this kind of stuff. Like Brandon Turner, AGM is the best in the league at this. Kidding. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they acquired Riley Nash today, right? To inflate their LTAR even more. Yeah, that's like ridiculous. Can't why don't they did that with Clarkson too? Remember, he never even played a game. He was out for like ten years. Yep. Absolutely. And so that, that's like the difference. So teams like Montreal and Toronto that are have money, this is one of the advantages in the CBA that they have in order to to flex their financial muscle. Whereas teams that don't have a lot of cash, like Arizona, let's say, their weapon that they can use is they can rent out cap space, right? They, they right. can take on dead contracts and stuff like that, too. So, you know, the cap is designed to the, the sorry, the CBA is designed to give advantages and disadvantages to different teams. And uh, these are just teams exploiting those. It pisses me off that Toronto seems to do that every year, though, in every way, if you're shaping for so what happens when you got great management. It's annoying. It is annoying. All right. We got one game coming up this week. We have a game tomorrow, which is against the Winnipeg Jets again. Uh, how are you feeling about that? If it's based off last night's, uh, yeah, last night's game, not very good. <laughs> we outplayed them for a lot of that game yesterday. We just couldn't score as usual. 
I know, but this is the problem. We can never score. And you know what? Allen lets in kind of a softie once every game or whatever, but also his goal support is not there. They had a thing about how, like, I saw some tweet yesterday. I saw that tweet also. Yeah, how they have, it's like they average, like, two goals when it's Allen and Nets, which is funny because that was Carey Price until, like, this year or last year. That was Carey Price's problem. So why can't we score? What is happening, Noah? We have scores. Why don't they know how to put the puck in the net? It's not a hard concept. Big net, puck in it. Well, we just need more scores, right? I mean, like Toffoli scoring, Anderson scoring, we just need more. Well, is he going to get us a forward or is he going to get us like, I feel like he's just going to get like either a bottom six center, which he kind of, or which he kind of did with Stahl, but he's playing second line, or he's going to get us like a Nesterov type defenseman. Yeah. So like the idea would be you needed a defenseman, a puck moving defenseman, because as a rush team that uses it skating, you need a defenseman who can pass the puck up quicker and get the play moving. Right. Like it's not Romanov. It's not Mete. It's not Petrie because Petrie's he skates the puck up right he's not the uh yeah. he doesn't create the play as much so i don't know like i i'd really like to see a great left side puck moving defenseman or just a, i, I want to see a blockbuster like i'm looking at the philadelphia flyers they got stuff you know oh i would love to get um what's his face from the philadelphia flyers um we're gonna say travis connectney i'd love to get him but he's, he's like a brent he's brendan gallagher light yeah we're not gonna get him though unfortunately no, but i know I don't, I don't know. I just, I think we need to get, I looked up flyers and I'm getting like, got like the circulars, <laughs> flyers, wrong uh-huh. trying to find their roster. I, I just, oh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. I'd even take Joel Farabee at this point. He's annoying. They're not trading Joel Farabee. I know, but he's so good. Yeah. Don't, you don't trade good young players. That's, that's bad. That's a bad strategy. I know. I take Provorov too. <laughs> yeah, like I take you know Connor McDavid, of course. Like, yeah, you know. Oh, me like, too. It's not happening now, but well, no, I, not happening either. I, I know. <laughs> I'm aware. I just have my wish list. I don't know. I think I'm. I'm always more towards offensive talent than I am towards defending. I don't know why. Even though I know you need both, but. I really think we do need a lefty, but I also think like a puck moving lefty, but I think we also need like, I really want Jack Eichel. I really just want a game breaking elite talent and who's not Cole Caulfield. I want them to play with Caulfield because I want to be able to say, look, we have elite talent too. That's what we're missing. It's the one thing we've been missing for years. As you said, it doesn't have to be a center. I don't give a crap if it's a winger. I would take Line. He's been horrible in Columbus. I would take him for Jonathan Joy also. I would do that trade in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even think twice. I don't care what Patrick Liney wants as a contract. I'd do it. I'd do it too. And then let Columbus deal with Joanne. Joanne and Domi are best friends. They'd be perfect together. (laughs) Well, those are all fun pipe dreams. Those probably aren't uh, coming to fruition. There will be a trade, though. Like, there has to be. So we'll see something happening as the week rolls on. There's not too much uh, happening this weekend in terms of games and, and action because a lot of teams are going to be holding out players and waiting the games i marked down to watch are back-to-back saturday sunday uh saturday you got boston philly is the afternoon game because you're watching the habs at seven o'clock but that's a two o'clock start curious to see what philly does if they're holding out any players uh because there's no way they're making the playoffs they're a really bad team and you can expect a lot of change on that roster, right? And then Sunday's the same thing, Philly and Buffalo, looking to see who else is getting traded from those two teams. So keep an eye on those two games if you're not watching, uh, if you're looking for more hockey outside of the Habs. But uh, otherwise, we're just gearing up to see what happens Monday. Well, hey, so make a prediction. Let's call this our bold prediction. Who do you think is going to be traded to the Habs by Monday? 
Oh my God! Like the the whole thing is like with Mark Bergevin is you expect the unexpected, right? I I don't know who he would be targeting. Like it would come out of nowhere, but I I know like so you were talking on Twitter a little bit about different candidates. Like I would love to see a Johnny Gaudreau trade. I I think that would be awesome. Um, Like, is there a drawing for Gaudreau trade possibility? We'd have to put a lot more in on our end, you know, but if Calgary is looking for a culture change, there's an opportunity Uh, in Canada. There's nothing else to talk about really. Like there's no point. And then if you're looking at players that are going out, like Columbus is going to sell, like they just traded Riley Nash. Right. So, you know, is there a way that you could look at, like, do you want to take a flyer and like in a mill Bemstrom? Like, I don't think so. Right. But there's an opportunity, right. He's an, he's an unknown commodity. Uh, Nick Foligno's 100% a Mark Bergevin type player, right? Yep. And then, you know, Boone Jenner. Oh, I, don't know. I, love, I love Boone Jenner. I just love his name. I've always liked his name. I was going to say, you just like him because of his name. Like, I do. He, so he he's a left winger. Like, he was playing a lot of center the last year and a half, and he's not a great center. He's a much better left winger, but he brings that grit. He, you know, he had a 20, he had a 30 goal season once. I'm pretty sure he cracked 30 or he hit 25 or whatever. You know, he can do it, but he's not, again, he's not, uh, a game breaker by any stretch, right? Like, is there a re- is there a scenario in which Columbus trades Patrick Liney? I think it's possible, right? And if it's possible, sure. But the other thing about Columbus is, I feel like they're not going to trade a player like Liney until they get him playing for a different coach, right? So, unless he wants too much money and doesn't want to resign, they need him. They need a star. Otherwise, they're not going to sell tickets. I like the. It, it doesn't matter if Patrick Liney asks for ten million dollars, you give it to him. Interesting. Maybe. Because otherwise Seth Jones walks, and then what do you have? Oh, we get him. He's having a bad year, actually. We don't want him this year. Okay, this year. What about next year when he's good? <laughs> oh, hopefully, yeah. Like, Seth Jones uh, had that whole thing where, you know, he played a playoff series against Toronto, and now everybody loves him. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's great. So You want my, like, wildest defenseman take? Yeah. I joked about it on Twitter, and no one responded to it, so I was sad. Uh, Eric Carlson. well now i see why no one responded to that they're probably too busy peeing in their pants laughing at you okay right but like eric carlson that style of play is exactly what we need he's on he's a right shot d so it's not exactly the perfect fit but you know how many years left in his contract though 35 35 years left in his contract oh that's something like that him burns and uh are all signed until they're 95 Oh, well, that's a problem. Yeah, so we're never going to get Eric Carlson, but like that that's exactly what we kind of want, right? Like that's that's it. Right. Oh yeah, they signed into an 8-year deal in 2019. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's got like 6 or 7 years left. So Burns has 6 years left, Vlasic has 7 years left, like it's a disaster there. Would you trade Eric Carlson for Shea Weber? Uh, I would just because I like the chaos of it. <laughs> I'm a big fan of team chaos, so I I would do that. Yeah, I had a feeling you would. All right, do you want my picks? I want your I want your hot take pick, yes. Okay, so my hot take pick, my non-realistic one is Eichel, in case you haven't heard me say that six times tonight. <laughs> my possible one is as their cap crunched, and maybe they do want to add something, I'm going to go with Alex Tuck, who I love. There's no way they're trading him. Okay, well, I want him, so... Maybe like that, we'll- that falls into the unrealistic category. Okay, fine. So then we'll switch that to unrealistic is Alex Tuck. Realistic is Eichel. Is that better? <laughs> no, those are both unrealistic right now. Eichel in the offseason, it, it's 100% possible. Like I could see it happening, right? But right, right now, no. 
there's no way Alex Tuck is being traded from Vegas. He's the future. Like they'll trade Pacioretty before they trade Tuck. Okay, fine. So my defenseman, because you're shooting down all my fun ideas, the defenseman in the Canadian division, I'm going to go with Noah Hannafin. Interesting. I like it. That's actually, always, I actually really like that. I've always been a fan. I would love to get him on our team. I think he's great. I liked him in Carolina a lot. Him and Stell have some chemistry, I'm sure. I have a I, Noah Hannafin Christmas ornament on my tree every year. Is that solely because your name's Noah too? I got it as like, a, I forget where I got it. It was like a gift or like a toy. Like it came with, a, it was like a Happy Meal toy kind of thing, I think. And uh, so we, we hung it on our tree. We have him and we have a Chris Pronger that we hang on our tree. Of course you have a Chris Pronger. <laughs> I, like, we need a Chris Pronger. That's exactly what we need right now. <laughs> <laughs> My forward who may happen, but I highly doubt it, even though I kind of doubt it, but it's more realistic than the rest apparently. Fine. Except it's I goal. How about Anthony Mantha? Why would they trade him? They suck. Maybe he wants out. All this is based on they want out. If you're Detroit, you're looking for people you can build around. And so, like, I think there's a possibility that they would trade Anthony Mantha. Don't get me wrong, because he's, what, 27 now, 26? He's not a spring chicken, as my grandmother would say. Yeah, exactly, right? So if you're if you're starting a rebuild now, Anthony Mantha will be 30 by the time you're competitive again. Do you want that? Like, do you want to invest in a 30-year-old player? So, yeah, you might be right there. Uh, Anthony Mantha would cost a lot. You'd be giving up a first-round pick, and they'd want one of our hotshot prospects, right? So who do you do? That's the challenge. Well, we have a ton of D, and we can't fit them all into the pipeline anyway, so I'm not opposed to trading a D. And yeah, our they, first don't need any of our, like, they don't need any of our roster D, right? No, so, but so we don't need to send them a roster D unless they want, like, Mete. But you'd have to send back a roster player too, right? Yeah, I'm sending them back Mete. No? The salary. Drew I'm sending them back Drewang. Get over it. Drewang. <laughs> He's my go. He's my I'll send to know if they want to. But then on the right wing, we'd have Mantha, Anderson, Tafoli. Like our right wing is gonna be huge. Heavy. Huge. It's great. Interesting. All right, Anthony Manza, I'm okay with that. It could work. I mean, whatever. We have to quarantine for seven days. Maybe he'll lose a few pounds, and then we'll have not as big as a right wing. What do you want me to tell you? I don't know. He's six foot five. He's a monster. I know. I love him. He's great. <laughs> I think he'd yeah, be you know, fun. I think Martin Furk was waved the other day, wasn't he? He was. I just like him because of his name. Uh, I also love him because he's got the hardest shot in the league. So Does he? So he uh, he was in the he bumps back and forth between the AHL and the NHL, right? In yeah. the AHL All Star Game last year, the year before, he broke the record for hardest slap shot ever. Really? Like, he shoots the puck harder than Shea Weber, literally. Huh. And he's a right hand shot, so like he's a one trick pony, and that one trick he does is really really good. Interesting. Well, today Byron was placed on waivers again. Yeah, of course they're just trying to get cap space for him, right? I wish someone would claim him. Why, why, right? Why would anyone want that? <laughs> That's the problem. I know. It's too bad. All right. Well, we got to wrap up. We got to hit the road. Uh, for everyone, just for scheduling purposes, normally we drop a, a, another recording on Monday. We're actually going to wait till after the trade deadline to record our next episode so that we can talk about, uh, go in depth as to everything that's happened that day and kind of give you a big recap of all that. Exactly. So we will be back on Monday. If you have any questions for us or any comments, as always, please feel free to tweet us or Facebook or Instagram. We're at Fumble Puck Pod, except on Facebook, we're at Fumble Puck Podcast. And make sure that you listen to us and subscribe to our channel. And please rate us five stars on Apple or anywhere else that you listen to us that offer a rating system. Write us a glorious review and we'll repay you by thanking you on air if we know who you are. 
Awesome. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy your hockey. Go Habs, go. Go Rocket, go. Score some goals.